Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It's Tuesday, right? Uh, it's Tuesday. Uh, y- yes, sure. June 23rd, and it is also <laughs> Shareathon Week. Uh, we have Shareathon yes, coming is. up Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week as well. Hope you can join us for that. Uh, lots of great things lined up for Shareathon this year. Uh, we get to share. We'll have some extended versions of the Coffee Hour during Shareathon, which I'm excited mm-hmm. about. That actual like real hour of coffee hour which is kind of exciting it's gonna be unusual (laughs) it's gonna be exciting and uh a special concert during shareathon um Mm -hmm. so you have to tune in during shareathon this week and uh join us for that uh what has been going on during the pandemic we've talked a lot about education uh we've talked with some of our missionaries especially theological educators what does that look like uh what does theological education look like overseas and in some of the international seminaries and we have one more i think that we get to share with you tomorrow Tomorrow as well, we head to the Philippines. But what does it look like for a vicar this year? Uh, we're going to share that with you in just a moment. What does it look like to, for a vicarage experience during a pandemic? <laughs> Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today is Vicar Dan Gregg. He serves at Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri. Vicar Gregg, thanks so much for being our guest today. Thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, great to have some time with you today and to learn more about your vicarage experience. And also joining us by phone today, supervising pastor, <laughs> you might recognize his voice, the Reverend Dr. Kevin Golden, pastor, Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri. Pastor Golden, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour. Good to be with you as always. So, Vicar, how has vicarage been uh, an important part of your formation as a pastor? Well, first and foremost, I think something that's super important that I learned to do right off the bat was I learned how to chant for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, you know, I've learned through practical experience how to trust God's word and to make sure to get out of its way. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, that is probably one of the the most important things maybe that a, that a vicar will learn, having all of this time uh, in the church. Uh, Pastor, what, uh, what role do vicars play in the life of the congregation? Well, I would say they uh, play a very exciting part in the light of the life of the congregation. Uh, exciting in that here's a chance for the congregation to invest in the future of the church, because here's a a young man who will be serving as pastor long after I am not serving as pastor. And so it's a chance for us to uh, invest, see, um, and this is something village has been blessed to do. Uh, It's our first vicarage, but, um, We've been blessed with seminary field workers, so we're always blessed to see what they're uh, see them grow and mature during their seminary days. But here's a bit more intentional and in, uh, uh, a, a much more focused uh, because we have the vicar with us full time uh, to be able to see uh, the growth of the vicar and uh, know that we were blessed to have a hand in that. So, Vicar, I gather you didn't have any classes specifically on uh, serving in pastoral ministry during a pandemic. But what are some of the things that you did learn um, that before that you think helped prepare you for this experience? 
Well, something that I've been learning is kind of to think in systems uh, when approaching pastoral ministry, I suppose. Uh, so, you know, just making sure you get down as habits, you know, reading a text or interpreting something you experience in life through a law gospel lens, thinking of it through, you know, the systems of confession and absolution, and just making sure that you can, if you internalize those habits, translate them and adapt them to whatever situation may come. So specifically that looked like, you know, bringing all of the things that I'm already doing onto Zoom or preaching into a camera or uh, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, the ways that uh, your vicarage had shifted from the beginning of the year uh, when we were still all in person in church to now, uh, well, I guess to a couple of months ago when, uh, when we all had to be at home and then now when, when things are, when we're all starting to come back together, how has that, how has your, your role changed or, or maybe not changed um, over that time period? Something that kind of was funny was the first Zoom that we did when we shifted from our young adult Bible study from meeting in person. The thing that was funny was that uh, actually there were more people attending the Zoom Bible study than the in-person one. And that, that remained true for quite a good amount of time. But that's, that's just like a, a larger adaptation uh, to what we've been doing. But besides that, uh, something I do or, and, and I did really miss, because now we're meeting, of course, in person again, was just seeing everybody in the congregation developing those moment by moment uh, relationships, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Pastor, does this experience uh, having a vicar take you back to your days of being a vicar? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it definitely does. And, uh, oh, there's a I, I told um, Vicar Greg when he started that um, I would try. Well, this is my first time being a supervisor for a vicar uh, so that he was a guinea pig in many ways that I was going to try to uh, remember what I learned most during my own vicarage and make sure that I gave him opportunity to to have those same learning opportunities but also I was just seeking to uh, make sure we uh, had some wiggle room in his vicarage that he wouldn't be so overwhelmed with responsibilities and other things that he wouldn't have time just to kind of explore the full life of a congregation and pastoral ministry I wanted him to have a hand in everything, and that was one of the great things from my own vicarage back in the day is that I had a chance to be involved in pretty much every um, part of the life of the congregation. What, what was so important to you during vicarage that, that you want uh, your vicar to, to gain? I know every vicarage is different and in a different context. What was so valuable to you on that vicarage that you want him to experience? Um. You know, that's a good question. And I would say that probably the number one thing I appreciated the most from my own vicarage supervisor is that we had a very open um, conversation uh, regularly so that uh, even if we didn't think the same way about a given item, we could still discuss it. He didn't expect me to be lockstep um, in line with him. But at the same time, also, I recognized he was the pastor and I was the vicar. So it, the, uh, in the end, his, his call is what stood and I would respect that and I wouldn't 
uh, question him publicly and such. But he could come to uh, I could go to him privately and say, I don't understand why we're doing it that way. It doesn't make no sense to me. And we could have a good conversation. And so I really sought to do the same thing for uh, Vicar Gregg is that uh, giving him the freedom to question me about anything um, you know, do so, uh, you know, let's start it one on one and uh, go from there. And we've had a good relationship as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Vicar, what are some of the things that you've learned from Pastor Golden over the last several months uh, that that you find that, that are important for you that, that you'll be able to, to take with you moving forward? Yeah. So what Pastor Golden has been describing is 100 percent what's been going on during my vicarage. Uh, if you can kind of think of uh, Batman and Robin driving in the Batmobile. We we have a lot of those kinds of experiences, whether it be driving. I, I like to, being Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether it be driving to homebound visits or what have you, uh, he lets me field or or he actually, you know, he fields all sorts of questions that I have about the ministry, about what we're doing right now, what we're going to do in the future. And uh, one of the big things that I learned from Pastor is that uh Ministry is not and cannot be a lone enterprise. Uh, the entire the entirety of the church, the congregation, is helping you with your ministry. Of course, pastor is the head of it. We're talking with uh, Pastor Kevin Golden of Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri, and Vicar Dan Gregg, uh, serving his vicarage there this year, and in most interesting experience serving during a pandemic. We have more to talk about with them here on The Coffee Hour. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. This is Dr. Dale Meyer. Have you heard Concordia Seminary's program, Word and Work and Intersection? Every week you can hear it on KFUO Thursdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. We visit with many interesting guests about how the Word of God applies to their daily vocations and ministries. Be sure to tune in and may the intersection of Word and Work be busy on your corner. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Sexual discrimination has been illegal since 1964, but last week the Supreme Court changed the definition of sex to include gender identity and orientation. The implications of this landmark decision are enormous. I discuss this with Alliance Defending Freedom attorney Kate Anderson Wednesday at 2.30 and Saturday at 9.30 on Worldwide KFUO. How do we love our neighbor on the internet? Why are the creeds so important? What does it mean to practice Christian hospitality? Questions like these are answered in every edition of The Lutheran Witness, the monthly magazine of the LCMS. The Lutheran Witness can help you interpret the world from a Lutheran Christian perspective by providing reliable, biblical reflections on the issues that you care about the most. Get your free issue at cph.org witness. That's cph.org witness. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, 
to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking about Vicarage during a pandemic. We're talking with Pastor Kevin Golden of Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri, and Vicar Dan Gregg. He's serving his Vicarage there this year. What an unusual experience, I'm sure. Uh, Pastor, before we went to break, we were talking about the Vicarage experience uh, for you and what you learned, um, what you learned as a vicar and what was important to you. Um, what have been some of the unusual experiences during the pandemic this year that you think have created learning experiences for a vicar? Well, that's a great question because uh, I have told Vicar Greg numerous times that I uh, feel for his class in some ways because there's so many things that they're missing out on, like uh, the normal dynamic of Holy Week um, was really disrupted. And that's such a a central part of the life of a congregation and central to the pastoral ministry. So I was really sorry that kind of had to get that in a very different fashion. But at the same time, also, there's great blessings that the Lord always brings through challenge, and one of those would be um, learning to kind of roll with the punches. I greatly appreciated what Vicar said earlier about being able to think through uh, kind of systematically, having, you know, trained the mind to think through everything, law and gospel, uh, confession, absolution, and such. And that's one of the things that I think have served our congregations and pastors and vicars and such, uh, deaconesses on down the line so well during the pandemic is that even though it has forced me to make a lot of decisions on the fly. I like to be very deliberate, think through things. I, there just hasn't been time to do that in so many ways. So you just have to kind of make these quick decisions. And things have, by and large, really turned out well. And I would put that down to uh, because our the, uh, theological mooring service so well to keep us going in the right direction so that even when we uh, make quick decisions, it's moored to those theological truths so that we don't get off base. Mm-hmm. Vicar, what were some uh, some maybe un- unusual or, or uh, other than, you know, the whole pandemic being a pandemic uh, experiences or, or things that, that you weren't expecting to uh, to learn maybe expectations that you had going into vicarage uh, that that you didn't expect. Uh, what were some of those things that that now you can look back and and learn from those things and learn from those experiences, uh, and and maybe be able to serve in a in a better capacity moving forward. Well, uh, one thing off the top of my head that I can think of is I think the first time I preached during the quarantine when no one was allowed in the sanctuary. Um, and I was, you know, up in the pulpit and I'm preaching at what presumably no one. So that kind of taught me the reality of, you know, I, I'm not doing this for people's praise or anything like that, uh, but instead just to proclaim uh, the word of Christ and also, tr- also trusting that, you know, the, the gospel it can and is translated not only into other languages, but across the Internet to people that are faithfully listening at home. 
Yeah, welcome to our world of talking and not knowing if anyone's really <laughs> listening, right? <laughs> On a daily basis. No. Uh, it, it does change that because you're, you're trying to think, uh, for us at least, trying to think through who is that person that's listening, thinking about um, who is your congregation when you're preaching to a camera and you don't have that that um, the, the visual response, the nonverbal communication to, to help you understand how they're reacting and and what does that mean then in terms of law and gospel and that, that relationship as well when you have when you don't have the, the visuals and the nonverbal to, to help you with that? I'm sure that that creates some some challenges. Yeah. Vic, they they oh. go ahead. They they teach us in homiletics class that you are to write a sermon, you know, for your hearers, you know, because we call them hearers because uh, Jesus says, you know, those who can hear uh, listen so here is here but uh, so usually it's kind of this high concept thing of well what is my hearer but then during the pandemic or the quarantine it was like well it's someone that's at home and you know they're nervous they're afraid and uh, they're looking at the screen and they're worshiping their god and so it, it makes things real concrete and simple that my hearer is this person what was that like for you, Pastor Golden, making that transition to having to use technology and not having a, <laughs> a congregation sitting in front of you when you were preaching? But this was a learning experience for you as well. And, and here you are supervising a vicar as well. Uh, what was that like being a learner and a, a mentor at the same time? Yeah, and I was blessed. I had a um, number of congregational members who helped me learn a number of techie things rather quickly. You know, um, my uh, my PhD is in biblical exegesis, so that means I I appreciate old scrolls, and so all the uh, techno technological stuff is not my my natural world, and I have become uh, rather familiar with it rather quickly, uh, thanks to being a learner from so many others who could point me in the right direction. Uh, so in many ways, I thought, you know, this was great for Vicar and I. We were together learning all sorts of different things, including uh, the personal side of this, where, uh, as he was describing, how do you preach a sermon to a camera? Uh, and, you know, uh, trust that there are people uh, who are going to be seeing this on the other side of the camera, if you will. Uh, but then also, uh, I have told all my field workers, I've told Vicar various times about the, the centrality to visitation, uh, or, uh, for visitation within pastoral ministry, visiting members. And all of a sudden, I came to such a screeching halt, especially with homebound members and the hospitalized, where the best I could potentially do is a phone call and hopefully be able to connect with them. And so it's been um, a real change in that regard. And that's one of the reasons why I know we're all praying for the pandemic to come to an end and such, but um, the need for the faithful to be gathered together, um, and especially those who would, uh, are in many ways the most isolated because they're living in uh, residential care facilities and such. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there was a lot of joy when we were able to finally, at least in smaller groups, come back together for, uh, to be a congregation together still a lot of joy yeah. in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I notice uh, on Sundays now we're running uh, services back to back to back, three straight services, and there's very little turnaround time, enough time between services for us to get a group out, next group in, a little bit of sanitary work and such. But uh, what gives me great joy is I see people out in the parking lot socially distanced and such, um, just chatting up a storm for 
quite some time because, hey, the body needs to be back together. I've even had some members tell me they purposely um, schedule themselves. They, we pre-register for services. They always register for the middle service. They say, that means I get to see the the people from the first service as they're leaving and I'm coming and I can chat real quick. And then as I'm leaving, I get to see the people from the late service and we get to chat again. So they get to, they want to see everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the congregational life being uh, in community together is, is so important and uh, something that, that I think we've all, uh, we've all come to cherish a little bit more since it was taken, <laughs> taken away from us for so long. Yep, yep, yep. You don't take it for granted as much when you, all of a sudden you had to go without it. Mm-hmm. What role does the congregation uh, play in the formation of a pastor, especially during this vicarage time? Well, and I, I'll give my two bits and I'll let Vicar himself um, speak. But I think it's fantastic that the seminary actually does require certain lay leaders to have an evaluation of the vicar. It was that way back in my day as well. Um, but that way, it's not just the pastor who is giving some insight, but also, um, if you will, the rank and file of the congregation that's <laughs> able to give him some feedback. But even aside from that formal side, I know on the informal side, how uh, greatly important it has been for different members who have uh, really kind of, if you will, taken Vicar under their wing uh, and befriended him as uh, somebody that uh, he could talk to and they would talk to him and uh, help him uh, uh, grow in his appreciation for the various aspects of the congregational life. Mm. I, and I feel for you, Vicar, because you're missing out on all the the uh, the great fellowship activities too. I mean, how many potlucks <laughs> are you missing out on during the these important times of the year? Uh, you know, the, the everything from an Easter pancake breakfast to the some of the summer experiences, the summer uh, barbecues and things like that. You're missing out on. Uh, we have just what uh, about two little under two minutes left. Uh, Vicar, what do you hope you will gain in or you will experience in the the remaining time of your vicarage here at Village Lutheran Church? Well, the last mountaintop that I may get to climb is the VBS that will be taking place (laughs) in mid Please, everyone at home, please pray for me that I, you know, I do this to the best of my ability for the kids because the kids are the future of the church, so... Hmm. Pastor, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, uh, VBS is always a great time at the congregation, and I have every confidence uh, in Vicar. But yes, pray for him, pray for me as well. And of course, uh, pray that all of our measures that we're taking, not only for VBS to have all the sanitary and safety uh, precautions in place, but ongoing for Sunday morning, so that um, we would live with confidence. So I'm sending out a letter to the congregation this week, and one of the things I mentioned in there is that God never promises that he will protect us from threats, and that would include the threat that we currently have with the pandemic. There's no promise that you won't have to deal with threats, but what the Lord does promise is certainty, and he not only promises, he delivers certainty, namely the certainty that your sin is forgiven, that you have eternal life, that the Father is looks upon you with favor for the sake of Christ. Uh, he gives you all that certainty even in the midst of the uh, difficulties that we have in the midst of a pandemic. Hmm. The Reverend Dr. Kevin Golden, pastor of Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri. Pastor Golden, thanks for being our guest today. Always good to be with you. 
and Vicar Dan Gregg, Vicar of Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri. Thanks so much for joining us today, Vicar. Thank you so much for inviting me, and everyone, consider ministry. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.